Have you ever had a horrible boss, Rohit? Have I had a horrible boss? Yes, and it lasted three months. <laughs> you were quick to leave. Yeah, yeah. Rolling Stone gathers no boss. <laughs> Rolling Stone gathers no boss. You're full of quotable quotes today. I have to say, <laughs> what made them horrible? And we're back. This is Habits Matter. I'm your host Shreyasi Singh, founder and CEO of Harappa Education, where our mission is to power your world of work with good habits. You're tuning in to a second episode, Horrible Bosses, featuring guests who share horrifying experiences from work. How did they cope with bad bosses? What did they say? Why did they stay? Advisory warning: Some answers will make you cry. Others will make you cry with laughter. Keep listening. Oh God, horrible bosses! Uh, I think the worst bosses, to be honest, are those which erode your confidence. Because every time you meet them, they say something that's humiliating or something that makes you feel small. So you go back, and particularly when it's early in your career, you don't, you haven't experienced enough of your own professional side to know whether it is, you know, are they accurate in their assessment that you're useless. or is it that they are being you know extremely unfair it takes many years to be able to block out a uh, feeling belittled very regularly so i think the worst bosses of all are those who actually eat away at your self belief i hate my boss man if you're listening to this episode i'm assuming that you've had a horrible boss at some point and if you haven't lucky you Let's pray you continue to escape. Horrible bosses come in all shapes and sizes. We went out and spoke to professionals who've been on the battlefield. Now they're telling us exactly how to spot a horrible boss, hopefully from a safe distance. Hi, I'm Shalini Lal. I'm an organizational consultant, writer, and hopefully thinker. Uh, I wrote the book Secret Life of Organizations because I was an idiot when I started my career and knew nothing. and i wanted others not to make the same mistakes there's so many types of bad bosses actually uh of course there's the big um you know the quintessential horrible boss who is extremely authoritarian and you know doesn't give you much room to speak about but bad bosses could be of many other kinds as well uh like there could be a boss who really has no power and is weak a big talent myth out there is that the best bosses love to hire people smarter than them they love to be questioned and pushed this sounds great in people handbooks but reality check truth is bosses and ceos have insecurities too they love being the center of the universe and can struggle if someone else steals the spotlight the insecure boss can leave you puzzled they have all the power and none of the grace i've had a boss like that and it isn't fun to constantly watch yourself around them and then there's the other kind of boss this one's signature style is micromanagement right uh, which is fundamentally coming from a belief that i know better than you what to how to do things and you have nothing to offer the other thing is i am not a big fan of uh, dressing down people in large groups Right. If I have to have a tough conversation, I'll have it one on one, 
in a room with dignity tough conversations happen but not in front of 20 people um third is just people who don't walk the talk lack of authenticity saying diversity is very important doing nothing about it saying family life balance is very important but making abstracting absolutely no step to make it happen so these are three things micromanagement uh, how people behave in large public group settings groups and third is lack of authenticity are a decent amount of recipe for a disastrous boss here. ouch reflection time for me that was my friend rohit kapoor he's the ceo of oyo rooms for india and south asia and certainly one of india's most watched ceos rohit talks about micromanagement if micromanagement is a sin i might have to pay the price someday as well i'm pretty sure my team thinks my obsession with crossing the t's and dotting the i's is annoying as hell now before we talk about how you can deal with bad bosses on your own here's something to think about Horrible bosses are not necessarily horrible people. They're sometimes only dancing to the tune of organizational structure. According to T.N. Hari, who is the head of HR at Big Basket and one of India's best-known talent managers, the size and structure of a company can influence how people behave. Startups can be really aggressive when it comes to setting goals. High pressure comes with crazy deadlines and tough competition. Naturally, in situations like these, emotions can run wild and spiral out of control. The point is, if startups don't inculcate the right kind of culture from the very beginning, they can easily become aggressive and toxic, a breeding ground for horrible bosses. On the other hand, Hari says, good organizations weed out horrible bosses before it's too late. But what happens if the toxic boss is a top performer? Let's listen to Hari. He joins us on a call from the headquarters of Big Basket. So there are ma- nasty managers. Some of them deliver results. So how should organizations deal with them? I think this is a very age-old problem. Organizations have found ways of dealing with them. Good organizations, for example, G. Jack Welch, Jack Welch, you know, the legendary CEO, used to call such people a horse's ass, which is that they are brilliant people, but otherwise very nasty. they can be mean they can be cheap and they can be jerks he said that there is no place for these kind of people in organizations so for example you have a policy for example of let's say prevention of harassment and uh, if there is a complaint against your best performing sales guy this is a sales guy who is bringing you 50% of your revenue what do you do do you you know soft pedal on this complaint and don't take action because you are going to lose this you know terrific sales guy or do you take action because if you don't take action then you communicate the message that you know ethics don't matter you know behaviors don't matter so in my opinion smart organizations figure out that the intangible damage of not taking action against these nasty bosses is far more than some of the tangible results they bring in you know how that saying goes one bad apple spoils the whole lot that's so true for work cultures the presence of a toxic boss can destroy trust goodwill and even force top talent out the stats tell the same story people quit their bosses not their jobs nearly 60% of employees left a job because of a bad manager 
Now, in a perfect world, organizations would choose calm moderation and kind people over momentum and growth. But it doesn't always work this way. That's why we find ourselves stuck with horrible bosses. So what can you do about it? Some people like Rohit Kapoor leave as soon as they can. Have I had a horrible boss? Yes, and it lasted 3 months. You were quick to leave. Yeah, yeah, Rolling Stone gathers no boss. <laughs> Monica Hallen has another approach. She tells us as she joins us on Skype all the way from the rocky beaches of Pondicherry. Hi, I'm Monica Hallen. I'm the author of the best-selling book Let's Talk Money. So it helps to have a little distance about what's happening right now to you and what is going to happen in the future. So it's sounding a bit philosophical and maybe it's not that easy to do, but it's always a good time to start to see the situation and see the boss for what he's doing and not take it personally. It's it's not easy at all not to take things personally. But try and see what it's doing to you and what can you take out of it. So in a way you're very selfish you're trying to constantly glean learnings from a situation and if it comes to a point that you cannot take it anymore then you have the option to move but rather than resenting the situation and not you know not wanting to go in you see what there is to learn from that and then move on moving on Is there a difference between tough bosses and horrible bosses? Shalini explains. Why are tough taskmasters perceived to be bad bosses? Now see the answer really lies with um you know there are two things. Whether someone demands a lot of us and whether we feel nurtured in that relationship. Now interestingly, the more you do of one the more you can do of the other. If you feel they believe in you fundamentally they can push you a lot and you will do so by the way without really resenting it in fact you may be quite delighted <laughs> because you may discover so many things you didn't yourself know that you could do but if you only have one axis you know that you demand a lot but you don't nurture then for the most part people don't enjoy that people will take a lot of pushing if they feel you have their back and you believe in them in the 1960s psychologists robert rosenthal and lenor jacobson studied the role of others expectations on individual behavior they called their findings the pigmalion effect which says positive expectations from others brings out the best in us and negative expectations do the opposite so if your boss believes you're smart capable and talented you're likely to rise up to this image but if they believe you're useless you may actually end up internalizing this belief the pigmalion effect is basically you know what uh, i don't know if it uh, it, may, it can be applied universally but uh, it certainly is ap- applicable in many situations which is that uh, if you let a person know that she is very smart over a period of time that person will behave in a smart way if over a period of time if you let a person know that she is trustworthy she will live up to the trust so that's the way it works if you make a person feel she is a fool she will live up to that and be a fool so the pigmalion effect is really about how you make the other person feel and over a period of time that person become begins to be the person you made that person feel 
I learned this very early in life, which is that uh, if you make a person feel good, that person behaves in a way that you know lives up to your belief. So, um, and I have seen that it largely works. How are there? I think there are some exceptions, obviously, which is that some people uh, it doesn't work with some people. Some people need close supervision. Some people need to be told on a regular basis that they're not doing some things right. Quick recap: There are all kinds of bad bosses. Environments shape managerial styles. Organizations must put in place systems to weed out horrible bosses, and managers should be careful in how they convey their expectations to teams. If anything at all goes wrong, blame the boss, right? Hold on. Most relationships are two-way streets, so sometimes it can help to look inward. Are your expectations unrealistic? Do you expect no less than perfection from your boss? You know there's this quote by Naval Ravikant I really like. There are no adults. Everyone is making it up as they go along. This is true for everyone, and of course your bosses. They're just people too. The entire coaching industry and the social media has created this uh, image of a this mythical creature who's that perfect person who's the great family person, the great boss, the who runs the marathon, who climbs the mountain, who spends fourteen hours at work, uh, who also sleeps eight hours, who eats green veggies. Uh, who uh, you know never drinks uh, alcohol I, you know I, i can go on and on so people these mythical creatures have been created out of nowhere i don't know any of them right we have set very unreal expectations of uh, what do we expect from leaders as well that's true it's almost like like the like romance literature has told you that this is perfect partner this is a mills and boons equivalent of right uh, absolutely so yeah so ditch the mills and boons equivalent of an inspiring boss right it's not going to happen all happen once in your even if you actually have one amazing boss like that out of your 5% you're lucky yeah cherish it and if your boss is truly that horrible well don't lose hope yet on the positive side um some really really good leaders um become good leaders because they have had some experiences with horrible bosses who have taught them what never to do and because they have emerged out of that process with you know you know in their own way by you know still managing to do great work uh i think it's a sort of growth experience you know even though one doesn't want such growth experiences but it sort of does work that's me a bad working relationship with the boss has so scarred me that i don't think i could have built a fun workplace like harappa if i wasn't determined to avoid what poor leadership can do to a team to anyone with a horrible boss right now know that word travels it's rare that a horrible boss will go unnoticed Most clouds indeed have a silver lining. But just in case you've tried everything and there's still no lining, it's time to tell your horrible boss this. Don't be one get better. It's always possible. Don't forget to send this episode to all the horrible bosses you know. The show is produced by Nitin Shamsuddin, scripted by Soumya Bahuguna, managed by Nishant Singh under the editorial direction of Seema Chaudhary. Shout out to our bright audio engineer Madhavan Bharachari, our design team Archit Thapar, Suman Kaur and Neha Nagar, and our product team Neeraj Sharma and Akash Trivedi. 
You can subscribe to Habits Matter on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please also follow Harappa Education. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. You ain't seen nothing yet.